Hey guys, Mark Wimbish here with Tyler Morgan. Hey. Hey. This is the uh, Strategic Student Ministry Network podcast, and uh, we're excited to be back with you again. Today we're going to talk about apathy and maybe a specific student or kind of maybe, you know, apathetic parent to, they're just kind of like not super engaged or, you know, the student or the parent, and they just kind of like go through the motions and, you know, like, you know, how do you get them engaged? How do you, how do you connect with them? How do you keep ministering to them? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, some fun with that. And so as we, as we finish this, did you, this is Super Bowl week, Chiefs Niners. Did you, did you watch that? Yes, I did. And yeah. I wanted the Niners to win. I did too. So, and then. I did see at the end where the statistic was Taylor Swift was on television for like one minute and 48 seconds total. That's a long time, actually. If you had it, how many times? Yeah. Yeah. And so there you go. That was the most important thing for my nine-year-old daughter. Yeah. My, my kids were, were looking for that too. They yeah. wanted to, they wanted to see Taylor Swift. Yeah. So I, yeah, <laughs> I saw where like, and I'm, I'm terrible because I've, I've become the age where I just want to listen to music from the nineties where I grew up and, uh, cause I've just become that old man, classic rock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyways, I don't know, like some song was playing or something like there's, there's the artist ice spice. Yeah. Yeah. And like, she was like in the booth with Taylor Swift and like she was dancing, but like, it looked really weird. Yeah. And like somebody wrote on Twitter and said, and this is where they were summoning a demon. <laughs> You're just, I don't know what they were doing. I don't really care, but it was just kind of funny to watch, but yeah, big were you deal. a big fan of the Usher halftime show? Uh, nineteen ninety eight. Mark Wimbish was like, <laughs> uh, you know, there's part of me. My wife and I talked about that, and I thought, hey, what a great example of like, you know, big wow versus intentional relationships. All right, so you know, there's like the Katy Perry show where she came like walking out on a lion and you know, or tiger big monstrosity thing and people's come flying from the stadium and all that stuff. And like, there was really no massive like production of that show. Like there was no, like, Hey, just took his shirt off. He just took a shot. He roller skated, (laughs) which I mean, everybody's like, Oh, he roller skated. I'm like, I'd like to see you roller skate. Okay. (laughs) Let's not just roller skate, roller skate and dance. But like he relied a lot on his dancing and like, I'm not going to say he relied on a singing because I think most of that stuff's piped in on those shows. (laughs) But like, I kind of looked at it from the aspect of like, you know what, he's going to, he's going to, I'm an entertainer, so I'm going to entertain them. We're not going to worry about fireworks or costume changes or big mechanical things. And I thought like, well, you know what, good for him for saying like, hey, I can entertain millions of people by just dancing and singing. Good for him. And taking a shirt off. Well, yeah. Yeah. But let's be honest. <laughs> if you had abs like that. Tyler, if I had abs like that, I wouldn't be ashamed of them. Let's, I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. It would be a video podcast. No. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This would be a, yeah. Yeah. The abs of student ministry. Um, we, we do not have abs. We have an ab. It's just, yeah. And so, I don't know. It was, I don't know. There was, there was a nostalgia side of it I liked, but there was also another side of it. I was like, eh, this is kind of, eh. Yeah. Do you have Super Bowl parties with students? And then if you do, or if you had uh, in the past, would you watch the halftime show with them? Um, I've done it. Well, I mean, 
I don't always do a Super Bowl party every year, but we've done Super Bowl parties. I've done it where I've turned off halftime. I've done it where I had not turned off halftime. Uh, the one time it was the, uh, the, uh, a few years ago, the JLo Shakira halftime show. I don't know why I didn't turn that one off in time. Yeah, seriously. Like it was up on the big screens, like with the projectors and stuff. And I, like, I just couldn't, I just, I just didn't, I don't know why. And it was like too late. Like it was already too much gyration and <laughs> tiny bathing suits and whatnot. And it was just like, dang it too late. Oh, well, we'll, we'll pray through this later. But, um, so, all right, guys, <laughs> we're going to skip the third quarter and talk yeah. about lust. Um, so, how about you? We we stopped doing Super Bowl parties a while ago. Yeah. Uh, somewhat selfishly because I like watching Super Bowl. Yeah. And what I'm doing with students, I don't really get to watch it much. Yeah. And so, I figured, you know, if the end, like, they would have to leave it at, like, halftime or, right. you know, shortly after that, like, or the middle of the third quarter. Like, so, I'm just like, why not? They can do their own thing. They can have their own parties. Yeah. Yeah. And so, we, we saw a lot. On be real, I saw a lot of our students getting together and hanging out during it, and that's Which, fine. Yeah, I mean that's. I got out, uh, hung out with my friends, and my family. Like, yeah. It was good. You don't have to overprogram everything. Sometimes just let your students fellowship together, and it's okay. I think the I was not a student pastor at the time. I was, it was like nineteen, eight, maybe twenty. The Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson one. Oh yeah. So the church I grew up at. They I was go, like in middle school then. Yeah, um, <laughs> we were at the church I grew up in. Always did a Super Bowl party, like a church-wide Super Bowl party. It's a small church, and so we were at one of the church members' house having the Super Bowl party, and um, a lot of people had went to go like when halftime started, like they went to go play cards or talk or get food or whatever. Like nobody was really paying attention, except for me and my buddy Jared. Like we were sitting there watching the halftime show because we we're just waiting for the game to come back on, and um. Because if you're not familiar with that, that's the that's the infamous wardrobe malfunction. Yeah, you know where Justin takes off some articles of clothing off of Janet Jackson, um, and is indecent. But um, anyway, so all the old guys, like the pastor of the church and everything, they, they're like behind us and they're like talking, like you know they don't even look like they're looking watching the TV. Yeah, or anything. it's just me and Jared, and everybody else is off in different rooms and whatnot, and that happens, and I just hear. Uh, Pastor Daryl, who is the is a pastor of church, he goes, "Boys, was <laughs> that what I think it was?" <laughs> and like, I mean, it's not like we did anything; we we're just sitting yeah, there yeah. watching it. But like, you're just kind of like you felt like, oh, like, you know, <laughs> it's just like, yeah. He goes, Ugh, "Terrible," <laughs> and we're like, "Yeah, terrible." And so, good thing there probably weren't like you know emails back then. He probably didn't have any emails the next day and yeah, you know, things like yeah, that. Yeah, he didn't have to worry about anything like that. Like you showed my children, da 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 da. And so, like, no, we just had telegrams. So, <laughs> but yeah, we don't do one every year. I just, I don't know. Like it just, I'm the same way. I'll, I'd rather be home with my family, and I don't. Yeah, I mean, so I'm a Bengals fan. So we don't ever usually have to worry about the Super Bowl very often. That's not true. I'm a Browns fan. Yeah, you've never I had never to worry, have you've to never worry, had to worry about, about it. But a couple of years ago, like we were invited to like ten different Super Bowl parties for church members, whatever. And yeah. I told my wife, I was like, You can go to whatever one you want to, but I will watch this game in the solitude of my house yeah. when they played the Rams. It's like because it had been since like Boomer Size in nineteen eighty something last time we were there, and I was like I was like six. And so, and yes, I know you weren't born yet, but, um, <laughs> and so I was like, 
I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this. I'm, I'm going to intentionally watch this. So yeah. Anyways, but yes, I, at this year's Super Bowl, I, I was kind of, I had apathy towards it because I just didn't really care. I didn't want the Chiefs to win. Yeah. I mean, I rooted for the Niners, but I could have cared less if they won or not. Yep. And uh, I really wasn't that psyched about Usher. I mean, although I, I was impressed by his skating. <laughs> so as we talk about that, transition into how do you deal when you've got students who just, they're just not engaged. They're just, or even parents, like their kids there every week. They bring them, they drop them off on Wednesday. Literally, like they're kind of pushing them out the car doors. They're driving past the youth wing. Like, how do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, the first thing I want to say about it is it can be really discouraging. Yeah, you know it can be really discouraging when you see that, especially if it's like you know multiple students or you know a, a good sized group um, of students that that are that way. I think it's important to remember that in student ministry we're playing the long game. Mm. It might not click spiritually for every student, whether in middle school or high school. And uh, we're playing the long game with them. I bl- firmly believe that youth ministry doesn't stop when they graduate high school. Amen. And so we need to build that relationship with them so that maybe when they're in college, or maybe even after college, when they're having that um, spiritual crisis maybe, or, or just a crisis in general, they have a relationship with someone that they can go and turn to uh, and that they can talk to. Now, I mean, there have been times with students that I've had where – it seems like there's just nothing at all. Yeah. And then it really surprises you when they reach out later on when they're in time of need after high school. Um, and you really think about, man, I, we didn't connect much or like I tried talking to you and you just didn't care. <laughs> like you just, you know, I tried to interact with you and Absolutely. you didn't want any part of it. So I think it's important to remember uh, the long game. I think that's one of the first things. I, I think the long game and, and I think, you know, uh, we as, the, the leader, the student pastor, youth pastor, ministry director, even the volunteer leader, like we try to have um, broad shoulders. And so like we see a disconnected student, we think it's our problem to fix. Yeah. Now it doesn't mean you ignore this person. It's not what I'm saying where I'm going with here. What I'm saying is, is, is this is why you build a team. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I learned a long time ago. I cannot connect with every student in the room. Yep. I physically can't do it. I don't have the capacity. Like none of us do. We can only, we only have a limited capacity, but like from an interest or a relational standpoint, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's kids who are interested in things and I'm like, I don't get that. I don't understand that. I'll gladly listen to them, but I'm never going to connect with them on that level. I'll gladly learn. And I think, you know, so that's the key point of having, like, you know, I've got, you know, currently I've got a couple middle school girls who, I can tell they would probably rather be anywhere else, but here on Wednesday night, like anywhere else. And, but I've got a couple just absolute saints in my girls, middle school ministry who are patient and they are kind and they are intentional with them every week. And so, yeah, there's no way I can get there because, you know, I'm a 40 year old guy and, you know, I'm, probably look more like their dad and so they're already no nope mm-hmm. that's not happening but i've got these you know ladies who are in their late 20s who just do a fantastic job connecting with them and no we're not seeing the fruit that we would love to see right now but like you said about the long term i mean but the thing is is like okay i can't fix this but i got some people who can love on this person and so passing that over and that's okay like that's yeah. not a bad thing. Like that doesn't have to be you. 
No. And I think that's, that's the frustration for me in student ministry in general. Like I'm a very big, um, like, Hey, student ministry starts at home. It's discipleship mm-hmm. from the yeah. parents. Like you spend more time with them and all that stuff. Um, if you, Oh my goodness. You want to watch, like you want to actually watch the fire come out of my ears is when a parent like brings a kid and they go here, fix my kid. Yeah. Like, no, like, I'm not, like, they are more than welcome here and we're going to teach them God's word and we're going to bring them in and be, be a part of the community and we're going to love on them and we're going to attempt to disciple them. But like, it is not my job nor my calling to fix your kid. Yep. Like, that was your responsibility as an adult to disciple, as a parent to disciple well at home. And I want to give you resources to do that. Mm-hmm. And I want to give you and empower you to be able to do those things. But this mentality that you can take your kid to youth group and youth group will make them better, man, what, three hours a week, really, is about what we have with them between Wednesday night yep. and Sunday morning. If, if they come to everything, three hours a week compared to the time you have. And so, yeah, I think, you know, you and you help empower at home. You know, the biggest thing and kind of moving over to that maybe apathy from parents is for my kids who are doing well, I probably don't follow up with this as much, but my kids who I can tell are maybe struggling or not fitting in. Like I follow up with parents quite often. Maybe it might be passing in the hallway at church, but like, Hey, how's such and such doing? How are they doing at home? How's school doing? How's this, you know, and I'll, I'll ask poking questions. Like I want to know, okay, well, and I always, if you need anything, let me know if you need any resources, if you need any, you know, whatever, anything I can do to help empower you guys at home. But I try to follow up with the parents, especially like, you know, like for those girls who, are completely disengaged. Like I'll see mom at church and I'll be like, Hey mom, just so you know, you know, we're loving on her. We're teaching God's word. You know, this leader is pouring into her on a weekly basis. Just so you know, we're, we're ministering. What do you need help with? Passing by them always huge opportunity. Yeah. That I feel like we just have to take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, think about how many parents you walk by maybe on a Sunday morning. Great yeah. opportunity. A lot of times like on a Wednesday night, I don't see as many parents. Let's maybe middle schoolers coming to pick up their kid or whatever, but yeah. I'm not seeing a lot of the high school parents. Very rare. And so Sunday morning, like that's a great opportunity. One of them just, you know, just happen to pass by them. Yeah. Or, you know, see, and see them in the hall to stop and engage them in conversation. Yeah. Cause I would say like most of your parents feel intimidated about discipling at home and they feel at a loss because they're, they are working on the situation 24 seven. And, and sometimes they feel like they're on an Island. Like, you, know, you can't solve all their problems for them, but you can let them know that they're not alone. And I think that's the key thing. Like you just encourage and let, let people know that they're not alone. Yeah. And, and speaking of intimidation, don't be scared of parents. Yeah. I mean, there's only a few scary ones out there, but yeah. most of them like, you know, yeah. d- don't be scared of them. Even if, even if you're not a parent, Yeah, I remember my younger years of youth, youth ministry, like I felt like I couldn't really connect or talk with parents. I'm not, I'm not a parent. Right. Who I'm am I to guy. tell you what to do if you're a kid? I don't even have kids. Exactly. And so, you know, I don't be intimidated by that. Engage no. them in conversation, talk to them about that and remind them you don't want to be a replacement to them. You want to no. be a support and encouragement to them. You're a teammate with them. You're yeah. by their side. Yeah. You know, I, it, you know, I'm not total gung ho, like hell, there shouldn't even be student ministry in you know, churches. You know, it should all just come from the family. Like I, I, every every people group needs their niche of like-minded and like-aged people to be a part of. And so I think there's room for any type of generational ministry in any church, but like, yeah, I mean, you let them know that you, you're there to, to, 
to not replace and that you're there to support. And that's the, that's the big thing. And so a parent to come off apathetic, like they just don't know what to do. They're kind of throwing their hands up. Like the, the biggest thing that they need a lot of times is just a word of encouragement. Yeah. Like you got this. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to know every trend. You don't need mm-hmm. to know every lingo. You don't need to be a Bible theologian. Like just ask your kids questions, pray with them, do a family devotional. I don't care how deep or light it is, but like just do these small things and impress this upon your, your, your students and it'll make a world of difference. Totally. It doesn't have to be. And so that's why I try to encourage that parent to, to just small things, small steps. And, uh, but as for the students, like yeah, a lot of it is just, you know, just, just constant work. I mean, just mm-hmm. constant effort and ministering and never give up on a kid. Never, never give up never. on a kid. Even, you know, we've all had frustrating kids in our student ministries. We've all had kids who, you know, we would call them, you know, maybe you'd call them a, a distraction or a kind of a disciplinary issue where they were always constant a problem or trouble or whatever. And like, yeah, you've got to, you've got to put boundaries and structures and you may have to like discipline at some point, like, Hey, we're not doing that. What you did is wrong. Yada, yada, yada. But like they're here and they're in your care and they're in your charge and you, I want them here. Yeah. So I got a story. Yeah. Uh, we had a student who, He's a senior now, but coming through middle school, he was quieter. But then freshman and sophomore year, he kind of t- took a turn where he just did not want to be there. He still came all the time. I think mostly his parents made him. He did not want to be there. Um, just looked really, really upset about having to be there. Didn't talk, didn't engage with anyone. Just looked like he was just really just a body there. End of his junior year, he goes through a bad breakup of, you know, six weeks and you know, pretty long for a high school relationship. <laughs> oh, he had only dated her for six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah. That was love. <laughs> and so he, um, <laughs> but it was after that it clicked for him. It clicked for him spiritually, the end of his junior year. And he has been on fire for the Lord last yeah. year. Loves Jesus. And it's really, it's been about almost a year. And, uh, he, I'm meeting with him and some other guys on Saturday morning at Sheets at like eight o'clock. He never, he almost never misses a week, and he is leading other students well. He's bringing his friends. Some of his friends had received Christ by nice. him inviting them. One of them was getting baptized in a couple of weeks. Nice. And it was a kid who, for the longest time, was apathetic. Yeah. And I was like, man, like it would, just, it would just be frustrating being around him. Yeah. Uh, and it clicked for him, and now he's just a massive leader in our ministry. See, yeah, and that's why you just you don't, yeah. I always tell people like I, I don't, I don't see students where they're at. I see the potential that they could be. Yeah, and and I'm in potential business is what I'm in. Like I I I look at students when they come in. So our students, we start in sixth grade here, and you know, like yeah, they smell funny. They're weird. Their sense of humor is weird. They don't know how to communicate. The boys still believe girls have cooties. Yeah. Like, I mean, all that stuff. But I, I don't see a sixth grader who's weird. I see that kid who has all the potential in the world to be a leader, to yeah. be a disciple maker, to be a faithful follower of Christ. And we get six, seven precious years to pour what we can into them and come alongside the home and encourage them. 
And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gift. And yeah. And cherish it and love it. And I, you know, I always, we were just talking before we started this podcast. I was, I was telling Tyler, like, you know, like you know, a lot of guys, like, especially when they're first in student ministry, they don't, it doesn't dawn on them that their students are going to leave them at some point. Yeah. Like just they'll graduate out. Like it just, it happens and, and that's okay. And it's, it's sad. And there's, 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 you see them go and it's, it's like mama bird watching them baby birds fly, you know? Yeah. And some of them just face plant straight to the ground. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but the thing is, is like, that's the goal. That's the goal is to see them go out and to, to, to take another step and to, to grow in their, their faith and their sanctification. And man, I just, I love it. I love, I love having stories of, of getting text messages or, or, or emails from students who I had 20 years ago, Tyler, 20 years wow. ago. They were like, Hey, you know, I've got kids of my own now and they're starting student ministry. That makes me want to like just die on the inside, man. But, but actually it brings me much joy because I'm like, I remember that kid when they were in youth group. And they were a mess. Yeah. But they are faithfully going to church and desiring to have their kids in church. That's awesome. So, <laughs> so what you may see as a mess, you have no idea what God has in store for them. Yep. And I, I mean, we have two kids like that. I have told stories uh, about these two uh, in the past podcast. One of them was a missionary and another one, is a worship leader at our church now. Yeah. And like for a while when they were in student ministry, I'm like, these kids <laughs> like are so annoying. They're not going to, like, it's never going to click for them. They are the worst. Yes. Um, and it has clicked for them. And now they're, uh, you know, faithfully following Jesus. Yeah. And, and you know, I, Hey, and it, it, even if you're out there leading a student ministry, like you know, I talk about being in it for 20 years, like I am probably, <laughs> I don't know if I've improved that much, but like, I can tell you, I was an awful student pastor at 2021. I was terrible. I was, I did a lot of stupid things. I look back on now and I'm like, yeah. that was not yeah. the best decision. And, um, you know, time has now since passed and we're, you know, I, I like to feel like there's some wisdom has grown out of that. But if you just would have said, looked at Mark Wimbish and looked at him at 2021 and said, well, that's the type of student pastor will be the rest of his life. Well, that'd been awful. (laughs) I, you know, and so it's the same as you look at that kid with apathy or you look at that incoming middle schooler or you come to that, the, the quote unquote troublemaker. It, you, you can't take them where they're at. You got to look at them where the, the potential is and where God is possibly taking them. Yep. So, yeah, that's my that's my big thing on that. So if you've got the apathetic student or parent or whatever, like just don't give up. You don't, can't fix don't it. Don't give up. You can't fix it. You are not a fixer. You know, the Holy Spirit has to transform people, but you are there to be a good shepherd. Pray for him. Pray for him. Be available. You know? But you continue to engage with them. Yeah. Don't give up. That's all it is. And you it and this is one of the hardest things for anybody in ministry to land on you personally and this is no different than like sharing the gospel but you personally may never see fruit from that ministry to that person this side of heaven yep you might not 
You may never see, you may never hear a story or a testimony how that person yep. turned it around, how they became faithful, how they're a Sunday school teacher or missionary or whatever. You may never find that out. For mm-hmm. all you know, little Billy like went off and started a cult. Like, I mean, that's yeah. sweet Moses. <laughs> oh, come wow. on. We've all had a few students who are like, that kid can start a cult. But. You know, but you, you want us to name? Oh no, no. you don't want to name him off. Which Bill, Billy was a fictitious name. I've never. I don't think I've ever had a Billy in my youth group. Uh, but you know, you don't know what they're going to do and what they're going to be capable of, and so just be faithful, love them, pray for them, teach them God's word, and disciple them. That's it. I love it. That's it. All right. Well, that was fun. So. I don't. I can't play any Usher music because <laughs> copyright laws. I can't afford Usher. So I think it's kind of crazy that like you don't actually get paid to do the Super Bowl halftime show. Oh yeah, but, don't you pay for it to, for the opportunity? I, to? I think so. I know they don't get. Well, I've heard that they don't get paid, but yeah, like yeah. because of the exposure and the 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 marketing and all that stuff, like they. They'll make millions off of the appearance, just not from the NFL. Yeah. Where did we go wrong? <laughs> Is it too late? Is it too late? I mean, Usher was 45, right? He's 45 and was up there. Strategic Student Ministry Network podcast. <laughs> Live podcast at halftime of the Super Bowl. At halftime of the Super Bowl next year. Send us your topics. You Send want us to your topics. We're just, we're just going to we're going to set the table up the 50 yard line, and we're just going to talk for 12 minutes. And then when we get done, we'll watch the Browns finish off the second half and win the Super Bowl. Mm, wow, I so many thoughts there that I'm just going to say <laughs> no. You guys have a good week. If you guys need anything, you want to reach out to us, you can uh, check us out on our Facebook page, um, uh, Strategic Student Ministry Network. Uh, we'd love to connect with you whether it's cohorts coaching or just helping with student ministry um, and praying for you we just want to connect with you guys and so we thank you and uh, remember to like share comment and we'd really appreciate it we'll see you next time